all in all, you know, it's under 30 seconds to get a credit decision with us uh, and under three minutes to uh, have the loan fully uh, executed. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another edition of the Currency Cloud Payments Innovation Podcast. I'm excited to be joined by Daniel Shane of Credit Genie. Daniel has an extensive background in starting with TD Bank back in 2008 and then maneuvering his way through a few different kind of fintech startups. So Daniel, to kick things off, I'd love for you to maybe go through your background, tell us a bit about you know your, your early days of your career and how you evolved uh, through the different startups and how you came to start Credit Genie. Sure. Well, I appreciate you having me on the on the podcast. So, you know, as you mentioned, I started my career at TD Bank uh, right out of uh, out of uh, business school at the Schultz School of Business. Worked in the retail strategy group at TD. You know, quickly realized that I wasn't cut out for uh, the corporate life. Um, you know, I was always very entrepreneurial throughout university. Had various projects that I was working on and. Decided to leave the bank. This was back in 2010 to start. A, I was going to say a fintech startup, but I don't think fintech was used as, as a you know as a key word back then. So we were right. known as a financial services startup. So it was really kind of my first opportunity to to launch a, a tech startup. Before that, I was uh, really focused more on kind of traditional businesses that I, that I was focusing on throughout university. So that first startup was called uh, Finizi. The focus there was uh, creating a new distribution channel for uh, certificates of deposit, or GICs as they're known in Canada. So it was a reverse auction model, where on one side we have we had virtual banks, credit unions, and trust companies that were competing for with each other for the customer's business, and then on the other side we had consumers that were coming to our website indicating how much they're looking to invest, and we were essentially facilitating automated reverse auctions. So with every bid the rate would get better uh, and higher for, for the consumer. And then we would essentially make a cut or a, you know, a brokerage fee for uh, facilitating that transaction. As you can imagine, uh, you know, building a business that's reliant on very small margins that we were earning for, for GICs is, is very tough. So after doing that uh, for about a year and a half, I um, joined a company called uh, Kinetics to lead their uh, financial services group. So what Kinetics was focused on is uh, providing insurance to consumers through uh, insurance brokers, through their own insurance brokerage, and through um, directly through underwriters. So they were a marketplace for insurance, essentially. But they saw a big opportunity to expand beyond just insurance into other financial services. So I was brought on board. They had their uh, mortgage and credit card origination. So you know we were driving traffic to uh, the Kinetics website through various channels. And then uh, getting customers to fill out quotes, then selling off those quotes to our mortgage and credit card partners. After doing that, and you know having that that part of the business being off the ground, I, I left to start a similar business that was called Rates.ca. The focus for Rates.ca was lead gen in insurance, uh, car insurance specifically, uh, mortgages and credit cards. So driving traffic through organic search, through paid search, through affiliate partners. 
getting customers to complete quotes and then selling off those quotes to the dozens of different financial providers that we work with. Ran that business for about a year and a half and uh, actually came full circle with my involvement with, uh, with Kinetics as the Kinetics ended up acquiring that business. So they're running it as a standalone uh, property to complement their ex- existing web properties, which I guess takes us to today. So with, uh, you know, with Credit Genie, what we offer is a digital application that allows small and medium-sized businesses to extend uh, purchase financing to their customers. We're a little bit unique in this space and that we're not a, a direct lender ourselves. So on one side, we work with lenders that provide us capital. And on the other side, we work with businesses across a variety of verticals, uh, you know, across retail, healthcare, and education that use our solution to, to be able to offer uh, convenient payment plans to their consumers. Yeah, very cool. So it's you were you were really involved in fintech and even we could say insuretech before anybody knew what those terms were. Yeah, you could say so. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. Where do you think? Where do you see the insuretech market moving? I feel like that's the hotter term these days, even than fintech. Fintech's kind of played out. Where do you see insuretech in uh, in that movement going? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting because for a while it was, you know, companies like Kinetics, like like Rates.ca that were, you know, the prominent kind of online websites for for information uh, to do, you know, for uh, for quotes to to get the best rates. And it's been interesting because a lot of the direct underwriters have been coming out with their own digital properties. They've been branding those properties or have, having a different branding for those properties. So not having an extension of the existing brand to essentially make it seem like they're, they're a resource for insurance and, you know, they're, they're a way for customers to get the best rate. So it's been interesting that, you know, these direct underwriters that traditionally have, you know, taken kind of a more traditional approach to, to selling insurance have been coming out with their own, uh, uh, you know, their own digital properties to, to offer great rates to consumers. Yeah, so they're kind of evolving and uh, adapting quickly to the the new insure tech. Kind of different than what we see in the fintech world, where the banks, while they are seeming to start moving, they certainly aren't moving as quickly as that. But we do see that from the banks uh, and traditional FIs today, where they're building their own digital properties as well. Yeah, and a lot of times it's a decision between building something out and partnering. So you've been seeing a lot more partnerships, fintech and insure tech. So you know, kind of the larger insurance companies, the the largest F, uh, large, uh, larger FIs realizing that there's huge opportunity to perhaps partner up with companies that are doing really innovative things in the space instead of building things out of uh, themselves. Because you know, a lot of these startups have the the know-how and the expertise when it comes to uh, you know the tech. So to accelerate you know their ability to participate in these spaces, uh, a lot of these larger FIs have been really partnering up with with these startups uh, as opposed to trying to build something on their own. Yeah. So getting back to Credit Genie, we've seen a lot of this from our perspective at Currency Cloud, a lot of these new alternative lenders, I've seen it called e-commerce lenders, uh, point of sale lending. So it's a really interesting market. How how receptive has the market been to what you're offering? Uh, are, there, are your businesses primarily e-commerce? Are they global manufacturers, who, who are you providing the Credit Genie service to primarily? Yeah, so because we're a tech platform, as opposed to a lender ourselves, we're, we're pretty sector agnostic. So we do financing and everything from, uh, you know, furniture, appliances to kind of traditional retail. Uh, we work with med spas, 
and vet clinics. Uh, you know, we do uh, cosmetic procedures. So we are, you know, very sector agnostic and the businesses have been very receptive to it because at the end of the day, uh, it provides an additional payment method to their consumers and uh, through offering promotional financing, like 0%, which is something that we provide, they're able to incentivize customers to not only spend at the store, but also oftentimes spend more. And when you look at point-of-sale financing as a payment method, a lot of times it's a, it's a much more convenient and affordable payment method to uh, a credit card, for instance. You know, A lot of times you know, consumers may not be able to afford a purchase or having to pay for it up front, but through point-of-sale financing, they can make it more affordable by splitting that purchase amount into equal monthly payments. Right. So, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the 0% financing. I've seen that a lot of these programs are actually not charging any interest to the buyer, typically. That's correct. And it's it's more so it's a service that the, the service is really provided to the seller. And then the the company like a credit genie actually making some kind of percentage from the sale, right? Well, what happens? So if a business wants to offer a, a 0% financing promotional plan, then Obviously, you know, the, the lender still has to make their yield. So instead of the customer paying that interest rate, uh, which, you know, they, they would on a, on a standard financing plan, the business essentially buys it down, right? So there is a fee to the business to offer 0% financing. Now, it doesn't make sense for every business. So, you know, you're seeing some businesses offer it, whereas other ones are not. So typically, businesses that have a little bit of a fatter margin on, on the products or the services that they sell would offer. 0% financing, whereas those customers or those businesses that have thinner margin will offer the standard financing. Got it. And are you seeing that the benefits to the, the businesses are, are primarily just increasing sales uh, and revenue? Yeah, so it's a few things. So yeah, obviously, the ability to, uh, you know, increase uh, overall sales volume, right? All of a sudden, you're, you know, you're able to sell products and services to customers that maybe have not been able to afford them before. The ability to cross-sell and upsell a customer, right? So when someone walks into a particular partner of ours looking to to buy a certain product or a service, uh, you know, maybe they have a an thousand dollar spend limit in mind because that's what they can afford. But through point of sale financing, they can perhaps uh, you know buy a more expensive product or several products by being able to to pay monthly. It also allows, and you know, our focus is really being able to target kind of the small to medium sized businesses. Larger businesses like the large big box retailers have traditionally always had uh, financing options. So this is a way for a small business to say, you know, hey, Mr. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, customer, we can still offer you financing. You know, we're a local store or, you know, we're, you know, one store operation, but we can still offer you a financing plan like you could find at any of the big box retailers. Yeah. And it's making it easier for the buyers to commit to maybe a higher higher dollar purchase, providing them a great service at a low, if, if it may be zero or no interest rate or a low interest rate, and uh, also helping the sellers obviously uh, increase their sales and make their customers more happy. Yeah, there's also no transaction fees, right? So when you compare that to, let's say, a consumer paying with a credit card, then obviously, you know, there's a cost to a business anytime someone swipes your credit card and pays with that. But through point of sale financing, because we provide installment loans, there are no transaction fees. So by, uh, you know, business offering uh, an installment plan to a consumer, as opposed to getting the consumer to pay with a credit card, they're essentially saving money by not having to pay those interchange fees. 
Yeah, it's great. I see this. I, th- I think this could be huge in the, like you said, the small, medium businesses, the family owned shops. I'm thinking of jewelry because I just recently purchased an engagement ring and it would have been great to get a, a 0% financing option. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the key is really making it really simple and convenient, right? So having someone who has no experience with, uh, with offering financing, being able to just step up and, and start using our solution right away. So, so really the key for us was to, you know, make our solution as simple as possible so anyone can just start using it and can understand how to use it. It was really just removing the complexity, but also providing that speed, right? At point of sale financing, you can't have kind of the, the traditional way of applying for credit where it's a long application. There's an underwriter that has to review it. Everything has to be digital. Everything has to be instant uh, and everything has to be quick. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, you're not going to have consumers applying and you're not going to have especially businesses using it because at the end of the day, you know, point of sale financing is being offered at the most sensitive part of the transaction when the customer is ready to, to, to make a purchase. So uh, as long as the process is quick, the, the businesses are inclined to use it. Yeah, that's interesting. Talk me through the approval process. Do you have like your own? I know some of these companies that are doing this have some very interesting kind of proprietary risk modeling assessments that integrate with other companies to pull bank account information or maybe look at you know online reviews. Obviously, you're doing consumers, so that's a little bit different. How do you guys process the risk assessment? Yeah, so I should mention that we don't take the credit risk ourselves and the underwriting rules are actually the rules of the lenders that we work with. That being said, you know, there's two sets of data that we look at. We look at, and or I should say, we allow our, our lenders to look at because we control the full uh, process flow from, from end to end or the full consumer experience. You know, we, the, the decision is based on the credit bureau data, as well as for larger loans, obviously, you know, we can go up to 15,000. And for that, credit bureau data alone is not enough. Uh, we look at transaction level data. But as opposed to getting a customer, let's say, to submit their bank statements, uh, we're essentially getting customers to, to log into to web banking through our platform. You know, there's lots of companies out there um, that are providing uh, those aggregator services that allow consumers to, to log in where, you know, the, the end user can get a read-only access to the account information. And we're essentially extracting that transaction level data to be able to verify the customer's average balance, to be able to verify the customer's income, to doing all of that digitally to be able to provide a higher approval amount. All in all, you know, it's under 30 seconds to get a credit decision with us, and under three minutes to uh, have the loan fully executed. Wow. Yeah, it's really fast. Now, when you go to implement this for a seller, is it only online or do you, could you even give them like an in-store terminal or how does it work? Yeah. So the, the great thing about this is, and again, it goes back to the point of removing any points of friction. So for a business to use it, all that requires just internet connection. We have two application flows. One is what we call the in-person flow where let's take a furniture store as an example, a customer walks into a furniture store. And you can have, uh, you know, the salesperson applying with the customer. Some of our larger partners also have uh, dedicated uh, point of sale financing tablets. So they have our application open on the tablet and the customer can just fill it out themselves. We also have our embeddable application. So for those of our partners that have, uh, you know, a website that's uh, frequented by uh, their customers, customer can apply online, get approved and then finalize the the purchase with uh, the, the business. 
And then we're also working on releasing uh, e-commerce integration, which is coming in the next few months. So having a direct shopping cart integration where a consumer can go to uh, a website, put an item on their shopping cart, and instead of clicking, let's say, on credit card, uh, they would choose to pay uh, for that through installment lending. Got it. So it's primarily the in the in person uh, application today, but then moving towards the e commerce version here soon. Yeah, it's it's you know a pretty even split between in person and online. So we still have our online application, but it doesn't have that shopping cart integration. So a customer can still get approved, finalize most of the the loan details, but then to actually finalize the transaction, then they do have to go into the store or the clinic or any of our partners that that we work with to uh, to finalize the loan. I see. And since you're, you know, this service is being powered to the businesses, has is there any aspirations or thoughts of potentially doing providing financing up to the businesses themselves? Yeah, so we do have some, you know, partners that we work with in the space. Uh, you know, this this would not be something that we, you know, that we would ever do ourselves, just because you know it's a completely different business with a d- different risk profile operationally just is uh, completely different than offering consumer financing. But there's companies in the space that we work with to be able to to provide those sort of products to the businesses. Because obviously, you know, there's when you look at uh, any fintech, it's all about being able to cross-sell, right? Larger FIs do a great job at it because they have a whole suite of products. Whereas with other fintechs, it's all about partnerships. So, you know, our businesses are coming to us and they're asking for all sorts of small business products. You know, these small businesses have unique needs and uh, we address that with the partnerships that we have in the space, but not uh, through doing anything uh, directly ourselves. Got it. Well, Daniel, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to to jump on the podcast today. It's really interesting what you what you guys are doing at Credit Genie and wish you all the best. And we'll be in touch. If there's, is there, what's the best way for someone who's interested in maybe looking at Credit Genie for for your services? How's what's the best way to get a hold of you? Is it on the website? Yeah, so the best way is to to reach our website. So it's like Credit Genie, like Genie in a Bottle. dot co. We have a sign up link for uh, for any prospective partner. So if uh, you know any business is interesting in, in talking to us or other fintechs uh, in the space that are doing cool things that would like to get in touch. You know, just leave us a note. Uh, you can also reach us at info at creditgenie.co. Excellent. And you're U.S. and Canada, right? So both markets. Uh, we're uh, predominantly in Canada, but we are going to be actually launching in the U.S. in a couple of weeks. But right now, as of now, yeah, we are we are all across most of Canada. Okay, perfect. But launching soon in the U.S., so U.S. Uh, listeners could also reach out. Yeah, exactly. All right, excellent. Well, thanks again, Daniel. A pleasure speaking with you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.